Thank you very much. Cool. So good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, for those of you who haven't met me before, my name is Miles, and I've been a part of the Woodies community for about a year and a half. Yeah, not, not that long. <laughs> um, this evening, I'm going to be continuing the, serve, the series on Contended, uh, Why Following Jesus is Hard, and I'm going to be talking about the steps of discipleship. Um, in the Bible, it talks about discipleship being a process, and that out process is outlined a few different ways in the New Testament. Uh, so this evening, I'm going to be looking at 2 Peter 1, um, and be breaking that process down into three steps. Uh, following Jesus being transformed by Jesus, and joining Jesus in his mission. Uh, I'm then going to hand that back to legendary Tim uh, Dobson, and he's going to talk to you a little bit more about what uh, joining Jesus in his mission might look like in a little bit more detail. Um, but I realized I didn't really introduce myself properly to begin with. Um, I've, I've been told I'm quite bad at that. <laughs> um, I was at the pub last week after church uh, with one of my friends here, and they said to me, they're like, oh, Miles, I feel like I've known of you for a little while, I've, I've seen you around, um, but I don't really feel like I've had the opportunity to get to know you. Um, so what I, what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd address that right now. Um, I thought I'd give a little bit more of an introduction to myself um, in a bit more detail, and then try and sprinkle in a little bit, a couple of interesting facts just to make it a bit more interesting. Um, so if that's okay. Cool, thank you. <laughs> so uh, to begin with, I was born in London. Um, where I lived for about eight years. Uh, my first interesting fact is that when I was five, I was actually in the Teletubbies. Yeah, so I got a little, oh, there we are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's my most interesting fact, but I thought I'd leave with that. Um, I think my mum met someone at work and she sort of somehow made it happen. And we had another couple of episodes. Uh, so that was that. Um, I stayed, like I said, I stayed in London until I was eight, and I moved to Western Supermare, so a little bit closer to here, just down the road. I don't know if anyone here is from Western, a couple of Western people. <laughs> um, I lived there until I was about 18, went to school, went to uni, and then I took a gap year, um, and I went and did something called a discipleship training school, which is handy, because I'm talking about discipleship this evening. Um, so I went to Australia, uh, learned a little bit about sort of what it means to be a missionary, um, did lots of personal sort of ministry time, and then I went out to Papua New Guinea, uh, which is an island just above Australia, and we did some preaching and teaching and sort of various missionary activities there. So that's my interesting fact number two. Um, num then I went on to university. Um, I went to Cardiff. Um, nice. <laughs> lots of connection points, it's nice. <laughs> um, I was there for five years, uh, studied engineering, it was a long time. Um, when I was in my third year, um, I had a, a friend who, I bought a hot tub, because I had a year in industry, um, one of little inflatable lazy spas, and my friend from church was like, oh, can I write a little article about it? And I was like, sure, that would be fun. Um, and then I wrote an article about me, which was, was called Cardiff's Most Eccentric Bachelor. Um, and it was all about me being single and weird. <laughs> so it, was, <laughs> so it, wasn't, it wasn't that great. It was great for my self-esteem, but there we are. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a great one. Uh, but people were always remember it as, as eligible, so I never crept them. Sort of, yeah. but that's it. Um, I then graduated. Um, I then interned for my church um, in Cardiff Vineyard for a little bit. Um, I, what did I do? I, I didn't want to get a normal job or a regular job, so I set myself the challenge of like doing ad hoc random things. So I, I did an engineering degree, so I did look like a handyman for a bit, 
I think Matt gave me a bike and I sold it to his mum or, or someone else's mum, I think, and various little things. Um, but then I also did like little bits of extras work. Um, so I was in a few different TV shows. I was in like Casualty, like Holby City. I was in like His Dark Materials. It was a bit dark, can't quite see me there, but I'm way taller than everyone else. So I'm sort of blending into the crowd, but I'm just sort of up there nodding away. Um, and then now I've moved to Bristol, been here about a year and a half, and I don't work as an extra or do any engineering. Uh, I work for a tech company, tech consultancy company, and I sort of teach companies and the government like how to either make or adopt new technologies. So there we are. That's a little bit about myself, so hopefully you feel like you know me a little bit better. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my own experiences of the cybertrip in my life, so hopefully that will be a little bit useful. Um, but I thought it might be good to start uh, by defining discipleship um, as it can have a number of different meanings. Um, Dallas, uh, Dallas Willard describes discipleship as the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. It's, it's a bit mouthy, so I'll say it again. Um, discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. So I'm going to have a little look at 2 Peter 1 and see what that says about discipleship. Um, so if you bring that up, we can read that together. I'll just read it from the screen over here. Um, so, start from verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him, who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them has lost, in short, sorry, I cut this out of my, of my little clip. <laughs> um, but I'll leave it there, Lord of Jesus Christ. Cool. So the first step of discipleship, following Jesus. In the same way that my friend said that they knew of me, but didn't really know me, it can be the same with our relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've heard of him, maybe you know who he is, but you don't really have a personal relationship with him. There's a book that Paul writes in the Bible called Galatians, and he's talking to a group of people who are preaching that to be a Christian, uh, to follow Jesus, you need to follow a long set of rules, all the old rules outlined in the Old Testament for the Jews, as well as following Jesus. I feel like this message is something that's still said a lot today, that people believe that to become a Christian, it means you have to follow a long list of rules and you have to be good enough to get into heaven. But that's not true. And Paul spends a long time in the book of Galatians breaking it down and talking that through. Because the reality of it is there's only one person who was good enough to get into heaven. And that was God himself, that was Jesus Christ. So the first step of discipleship is choosing as having faith in him and choosing to follow him. So if that's you, if that's something that you might want to do this evening, if you'd like to follow Jesus for the first time, 
or would like to recommit your, your life to Jesus, there will be an opportunity later on in the evening uh, for ministry where you can come up and have some prayer and hopefully respond to that. So the first step of the subject is following Jesus. The second is being transformed by Jesus. It talks about, uh, in the verse we just read, it says to make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and so on and so on. And yes, you can come to Jesus just as you are in your mess and in your brokenness, but you're not expected to stay as you are. It takes effort to be transformed by Jesus. It takes effort to read your Bible, like Luke was talking about the other week. It takes effort to, to enter God's presence. And it takes effort to allow God to speak into your lives and to highlight areas you might want to grow. Fortunately, this is a journey. And although in the verse it talks about eight different steps you can do, you, you don't have to do that all at once. Um, it talks about uh, possessing these things in increasing measure. That's because it's often repetitive, it's often cyclical. You might learn one thing, you have to learn it again and again and again. <laughs> Sometimes in life you have opportunities uh, to uh, learn about God or to be transformed by him uh, to greater measures than you have before. But sometimes you also experience things that mean that um, you have to go back to the beginning and, and learn things again from the start. That's definitely been my experience of faith and my experience of discipleship. When I was in university, just before I started my final year, uh, my mum unexpectedly passed away. Uh, it was fairly sudden. Um, she had a chest infection. And due to some other health conditions she was managing, um, one evening she fell quite unwell, uh, went into hospital, and then passed away that evening due to pneumonia. It was the first time in my life that I'd experienced that level of loss and trauma, and it really caused me to reevaluate my faith. Up until that point, I felt like God would speak to me really clearly about my calling, about moving into to leadership on a sort of a larger scale within church. And I almost felt like he had me on a bit of a conveyor belt from doing YWAM, which is like the subject training school thing I mentioned earlier. Um, I used to serve within my Christian union at university. I was really involved in my student ministry within my church in Cardiff. And I felt like that was quite a clear route from sort of building up and moving towards leading in a larger scale in the future. And although I did continue to lead for a little bit longer after mum did pass away, eventually I, I decided to take some time out. Uh, to reflect, to, to heal, and, and to try and restore. But that step away was actually really, really difficult. It felt like I was taking a massive step back, and I'm really starting, yeah, uh, moving away from all the things that I felt like I was preparing for and training for and all the things that God had been speaking into my life. And I really had to sort of go back to a lot of basics and a lot of things and real, real fundamentals and wrestle with things. Sometimes when you experience loss and pain and unexpected things in your life, it really makes you ask those core questions like, is God actually good? Does he actually love me? Does he have a plan and a purpose for my life? Fortunately, these are things that I've actually made a lot of progress in, and it's, it is something that I'm still journeying. Um, and for me this evening, this is a part of that journey that I was speaking to you all this evening.
But what I can say is that the depth of, um, what I can say is that the lessons that I had to learn and the promises that I had to relearn have such a greater depth than they did the first time around that I learned them. I think before things like praying for peace when I had exams or were applying for jobs were completely different to having to pray for peace when I was going through pain, when I was going through heartache and grief. In the Bible, it talks about uh, suffering, uh, glorifying, being glorying in our suffering, which sounds like a really strange thing. But what it's talking about is through suffering, it produces uh, character, character produces perseverance, perseverance produces hope, and that hope, uh, and that hope does not put us to shame. Forget, forget the first round there. <laughs> and that's definitely something that I've been experiencing and something that God's been speaking a lot to me about. So what's the point? Why go through all the effort of being, you know, trying to transform, um, be transformed by Jesus? Claire last week talked about saying that actually sometimes it seems easy not to follow Jesus at all. So, so why bother? <laughs> the reason is it's because, yeah, we were bought at a price. Jesus paid for our salvation with his death and with his life. And actually our lives aren't our own but they're his. And this brings us on into our third step, uh, joining in Jesus in his mission. Jesus didn't come here just to transform your life. He came to transform all of creation and restore it to how it's meant to be. He wants you to partner with him in bringing his kingdom down to earth. In the Great Commission, he tells us to go out and to make disciples of all the nations baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for a day. It doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 90 years. You have a part to play in that. So I just wanted to finish with a question, going back to our quote at the beginning from Dallas Willard. If discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you, if Jesus was from your family, if Jesus had your job, if Jesus was friends with your friends, what would he be doing? What would he want you to do? Cool. I'm going to hand back over to Tim, who's going to talk to you a little bit more about what joining Jesus, might, joining Jesus' mission might look like for you in your life. Amazing, Mars. Um, thanks so much, Miles. It, it's been lovely to get to know Miles a bit. Uh, we've run a leadership learning community and um, get to the, and get to know what it is to actually make choices in life that my life is for Jesus. Actually, there's steps of discipleship I'm taking towards Him, and uh, that is when times are easy. But actually, it's more profound. Actually, when times are hard, and and to, to just to see Miles taking those kind of steps again from a place of of pain and, and difficulty and, um, and saying, actually, yeah, my life is, is still for God, no matter what. How do we join in? If those steps of discipleship, how do we join in um, with the mission of Jesus? And I think Peter here, as he writes uh, this passage, I think he's, he probably, Peter himself, wanted to do two things in his own discipleship of Jesus. One is that he wanted to, uh, to reach those who were lost, but he also wanted to encourage people who had already decided to follow Jesus 
uh, which is why there's this little kind of, uh, as, as Miles read that bit in um, 1 Peter, uh, sorry, 2 Peter verse 1. It's like a kind of, there's a little kind of circle. He's saying, actually, in your discipleship, for you, a bit like Miles, for you, in your discipleship, actually, there's, there is progression to be made. There is a process. He, he explains it, this kind of process. He says, kind of, to your faith, you're going to add something. Add goodness. Wow. Well, I, I want to, to live a, a good life. Well, how do I know what a good life is? Well, to your goodness, add knowledge. Actually, we, we need to, to know. So we, we search the scripture. We ask our friends. Actually, I, I need the knowledge of what it is to, to live a good life, to follow goodness. Well, once I know what it is, what do I need to add? Well, Peter says, add to your knowledge a bit of self-control. Because once you know what to do, actually your discipleship step is to put it into practice. It's no, just, no, no good as a disciple just knowing what you're doing. Peter says, actually, I want you to put it into practice. So persevere. Ha- have, some, sorry, have some self-control. Uh, put it into practice. When you've got self-control, actually, you just need to keep going. And sometimes those steps of discipleship, it is about perseverance. It's just keeping going, keeping going, keeping going. But actually, perseverance can sometimes turn to legalism. I'm just, like Mars said, I'm just doing this because a Christian should do this. And so to, to your perseverance, we're going to add something else. To your perseverance, you're going to add godliness. Actually, the transformative discipleship path is to become like God. It's godliness, godliness. Actually, there's something about becoming conformed more and more to the image of Jesus. And as we become more and more conformed to the image of Jesus, rather than that harsh legalism, we find that there's brotherly kindness. There's something about, about the way that we live, the way that we work, the way that we interact as disciples following Jesus, that we find that there's brotherly kindness, there's, there's affection for one another. We find a sense of community within the small groups we're hearing about, midweek church, uh, early on this evening. Actually, we find that there's, in a, in a, a world that can sometimes be rufty-tufty, actually there's, there's something about brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, actually, it's not just human affection. It's actually something about love. Love that's the, the love that's the love from God. And, and, and when we find the love for God increasing and the love for people increasing, actually, somehow our faith starts to increase. And, and when our faith starts to increase, we want to do good stuff. And we want to know even more what that good stuff is. We need more self-control. We need more perseverance. And as Mark said, we actually, we, we revisit, revisit, revisit. And Peter wanted to say, this is the mission of Jesus, to encourage people around about you, to provoke them to say, this is the discipleship life. The life that takes us forward, the life that leads us on. And I suppose for Miles and myself, what we wanted to say to you this evening, to give you the chance, is to say, well, for you, we've heard a bit of Miles' story, but for you, what is your story? What is your story? And um, we, sometimes we say that discipleship is a, a spiritual journey or a process. It is, but every journey needs steps. There's a, there's a next step and a next step and a next step. And I wonder what kind of, what, is your step this evening. If you truly want to live your life, the best kind of life possible, it is centered around Jesus. It's becoming him. It's, it's becoming like him in, in all your character and your action. And, and Peter's trying to encourage those uh, first followers of Jesus. That actually, this is the way to live. On the way in, you may have been given uh, one of these little kind of handouts. Um, uh, and there's 15 little steps there. 15 ways in which you say, actually, if I'm truly going to be a disciple of Jesus in this journey of life, in this process, what are the steps that I need to take? 
And uh, I'm not going to go through all 15 because uh, you can take them home. But actually, there's just a few of them maybe that uh, I wanted to highlight. And Miles has already said one of them. You may have come here as a guest or a visitor. And just while the worship was happening or as kind of there's just something about being here. And you know that you're hungry and there's something on the inside actually. And maybe for this evening you want to receive Jesus as your saviour to bring you peace and hope and new life. And, and that might be a step in a moment or two as we take a chance to pray that, that you want to take that step. To You may not know an awful lot about Jesus, but you just kind of know there's something about being here that you, you want something. Spiritual reality, spiritual truth. But for some people, once they've had Jesus as their saviour, actually the deal is, are you prepared then to have Jesus as your Lord? The one who's the, who's the captain, who's the leader, who's the CEO of your life? Because for some people, that's a discipleship step too far. Actually, do you know what? I'd just love to keep a little bit of control for myself. I think I might know better than you, God. I can read the Bible, and it seems like, oh, that's a bit, kind of the cost is a bit too high. I'll have the nice bits, but I won't live my whole life under your lordship. And for some people tonight, it's the discipleship step is, actually, there's areas of your life you need to say, I need to bring that under the lordship of Jesus. And I'm not sure what that is, whether it's kind of, Jesus, you can have control of my social media feed and what I post and what I watch. Actually, Jesus might have to be Lord over the amount of al alcohol that I consume or don't consume. Actually, Lord, you can be the Lord of, of my tongue and how I use my words to, to speak to people and treat people. Actually, there's all kinds of things that it may be that Jesus needs to be Lord of your life. I think there's um, sometimes uh, there's something about the Holy Spirit we, in discipleship choices, we need to take that step to let the Holy Spirit fill us. For some people, they've started the discipleship journey, and Jesus is their Savior, Jesus is their Lord, and maybe they've been baptized. But the kind of third thing is, actually, are you opening your life to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit who fills you, who energizes you. That process of, of developing and changing, actually, you can't do it in human effort. And for some of you, maybe you've known the Holy Spirit filling you and inspiring you, empowering you, cleansing you, refreshing you. But for some, maybe tonight is a step of saying, Holy Spirit, will you fill me? I think there's some people that you just know that if this, this is going to work, if you're truly going to be a disciple of Jesus, you're going to need a bit of help. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit's help, but sometimes we need people's help. It's great to know the work of the Holy Spirit just secretly and powerfully on the inside. But sometimes talking to somebody, processing with somebody, here's my discipleship journey. Here's things that I'm struggling with at the moment. Here's things I'm being challenged with at the moment. I've read this bit of the Bible, and did Jesus really mean that? And to find someone to, who can mentor you, or actually even find someone that you can mentor, actually that could be a discipleship step. If you want to take your following Jesus really seriously, I, I really recommend that you find somebody, it could be just a, somebody your own age who's, on a, who's got a similar heart for Jesus. And you meet up once in a little while and you hold one another accountable and you provoke and stir one another up. And, and maybe it's a little step for discipleship. I think Paul Peter was somebody who not only wanted to equip the believers, but he also wanted to reach the lost. And I think there probably comes a point where we've, we know something about God, we've received something, we, we journey with him. And actually... We, we maybe we're not so confident about sharing our faith. 
about having the opportunity to, to, uh, to, to speak, to, to evangelize, to witness, uh, to uh, kind of commit yourself to pray for your non-believing friends, to seek a serious engagement with the commission of Jesus to make disciples. One thing that uh, wasn't mentioned during the notice is that Christmas is coming. Oh, yes. And on the way out, we've got these postcards. And on, on the back, there's all our Christmas services. Now, if you think taking the step of sharing your faith with a friend or a work colleague or family member, that's just a bit too scary. Where do I start talking about Jesus? Where do I start about explaining what's happened to me? Well, why don't you just start by inviting them to a carol service? Inviting them along here to, to, to Woodlands. Why not take three or four of these on the way out tonight and just pray is a step of how you start to see the life of Jesus being reproduced in other people. What you've encountered, you take responsibility to say, this world is only going to be changed if I take Jesus seriously. I take his mission seriously of seeing people have the opportunity to find out about the real Jesus. Not kind of media TV Jesus that sometimes is portrayed so badly, but the real Jesus that you and I have encountered. I think there's sometimes where we realize that we have been a consumer of the Christian faith and uh, and there's times where we need to recognize that we can, we're part of the body of Christ and that we need to, to minister. Sometimes we can feel kind of this idea of entitlement and but actually there's something about knowing who God has truly made you to be. God truly wants you to be you but the you that is the true you is the one that God intended, the one that God designed and he intended you not just to be receive, receive, receive but to give and sow and share. And maybe for some of you, a discipleship step is to say, what has God entrusted to me? What has God given to me? How am I sharing that with other people? In some ways, um, the Holy Spirit ministry is something that is, is we can be equipped to say, I'm going to share things that the Holy Spirit gives me. I know for myself, I, I often have to remind myself, discipleship steps, discipleship steps, what's the next step for me? And, and frequently I forget about the Holy Spirit ministry, but he can equip you, equip me. I mean, like just last night I had a little picture, we were at the weekend away, I had a picture of um, these legal documents that were kind of floating above somebody's head. Um, and I just kind of shared, I, th I think there may be someone here, there's, there's a, some kind of legal process that's just kind of hanging over your head at the moment. And this man came forward and, and he just said a little bit about his work situation in tears and just kind of saying the pressure is just so intense. And to be able to pray and just that window of a little bit of faith that was raised by a word of knowledge. And maybe for you, taking those steps of Holy Spirit ministry. Maybe those steps of um, uh, care for the poor, care for our planet. Maybe those steps where we have uh, to... to work through our own sexuality how do we use kind of uh how do we process our, our, our own sexual emotions our thoughts kind of how do we our behavior how do we kind of pro is is there a step where we bring that under the lordship of jesus and, and the clarity that he brings what about caring for the planet what about being in the workplace again here there's just a number of steps spiritual disciplines and it may be that this evening as we come to, to pray now you want to say that following Jesus is hard, but it's the best. It's the best way. I've just kind of turned 60, and I would have not lived any other life apart from a life that was totally dedicated to Jesus. 
the peace and the hope and the purpose and, and the wisdom and the vitality that he's brought. I wouldn't choose any other, other way apart from that step of step by step by step, taking those discipleship steps, following him. And I think what Miles and I want to say to you this evening is, what's the step for you? What's Jesus saying to you? How are you orientating your life around him? We're going to give the chance for, for just a little moment for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I'm supposed to ask you the real question is, are you taking steps towards Jesus? Are you taking steps along his pathway in the hard things of life as well as in the joys of life? When it's tough as well as when it's easy. If you do, Peter here is convinced that your life will be transformed. It will be something that is glorious. Actually, you'll become conformed to the image of Jesus. Who wouldn't want to live a life like that? But it takes a step and the next step. Tonight for Miles, kind of uh, the step along his, was actually even, as we've talked together preparing this, actually even standing here before in front of people speaking to you, actually was a discipleship step for him. I think for me, I, I, I just, do you know what, I just love preaching. I've got all kinds of stuff about the Bible I know and lo loads of wisdom I'd love to share. My discipleship steps are, actually I need to get these younger guys like Miles, actually we've got to release people. I've got to step back a bit so other people can step up a bit. And that's my discipleship kind of step at the moment. And it's quite hard work because I just love what I do. But I know that Jesus is calling me to it because of his body, because of his kingdom, because of this world. What discipleship step is God asking you to commit to today, this week? Let's pray. take a chance to pray it may be that for some of you 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 might not know Jesus yet and you're here at church or you're watching online and and we're so pleased to hear because we know that he is the the best person ever to find to love to follow and it may be in the quiet just this moment you want to say to him Jesus I want to take those first steps of following you but I know for some of you, you know that you want to follow Jesus, but there's areas of your life that aren't under his control, aren't, aren't under his lordship. And, and maybe God's giving you a little challenge. There's somebody you know you have to forgive. You know that money's got too big a grip on your life at the moment and financial anxiety is the dominating thing that fills your waking moments. And you know you have to give that to God to trust him. Lord, in these moments, I pray, you just tell each one of us in our journey to become more like you, Jesus, what is our next step? Speak, Lord.
hearts, we want to welcome here. You don't come to condemn and to crush, but you come to inspire, to challenge, provoke. We welcome you, Spirit of the living God. Pour afresh on us. Draw us to love Jesus wholeheartedly. To know him and follow him. In Jesus' name we pray.